I'm going to start recording now. So thank you very much, Jill. So if you want to put yourself on mute, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much, one and all. Putting yourself on mute is uh, gold medal standards as we're carrying on with that thought. So thanks very much for that. A uh, few quick notices and then Jill's leading us this morning. So our next physical service is going to happen next week when we'll be having live music and live singing behind our masks. So that's really good. There's no need to book, but if you want to sign in, please, when you arrive, that would be very good. It's likely that there's going to be two more Zoom services, 15th of August and 29th of August. And then hopefully we're going to go back to physical services every week. So that's uh, very encouraging. As normal, our normal uh, Zoom prayer meeting is this Wednesday at eight o'clock. It's going to last for an hour at the most. And just like we're ending our Zoom on Sunday mornings at the end of August, so we're going to do the same with our prayer meetings as well, just so they fall in line together. So we've got the Zoom prayer meeting this Wednesday, then one on the 18th of August. And then after that, our plan is to have it in the church physically uh, every time that we meet from September. Some of you will have had a Onward on Friday. There it is. Uh, that's the latest uh, edition. Uh, those that didn't get one will get the digital version in the Tuesday email. Hopefully we'll have breakout rooms at the end so we can have a chat and see how we're all getting on. But for now, Jill's going to lead us. Good morning. Welcome. Uh, well done, Margaret, on getting on. We can see your lovely face. Excellent. Hello. And... Pardon? John, just yeah. a quick day. We've just had a phone call from Phyllis. Her internet has gone down. Oh, bother. So she won't be able to do the prayers. Oh, okay. Ah, no yes. problem. I'll do them. No problem at all. Okay. Thanks thank for you. saying, Colin, though. Right. Okay. There's always, there's always something. Lord, we just want to pray for Phyllis that you will bless her this morning, even though she's not able to join us uh, on Zoom today. God, thank you that this is your day and you are in charge. And thank you that we can uh, meet together, even though we're in our homes. And thank you that actually this feels fairly normal now because we've been doing it so long. But thank you most of all that we can look forward to meeting together more often every week coming soon and singing together and all kinds of things. Lord, I know we're all in different positions and have different um, anxieties and different you know thinkings about different things Lord will you help us to be united in you thank you that we are all brothers and sisters together help us to love and care for one another during this time which is so um, adjustable for, for everybody and everything Lord I thank you that you have a plan for today and it's your plan to bless us thank you for your word that speaks truth to us Thank you for the ability to be in your presence right now. Lord, we look to you for all that you have for us today. Amen. Right. Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is he, this king of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the king of glory. So let's open, let's lift our heads and open the gates of our hearts to welcome in the King of Glory this morning. And we're going to start by singing, Jesus, we honour your name, Lord. Hallowed be your name.
you're the Holy One, you're the risen King, far above all gods, far above all kings, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, Christ is Lord, you're the King of glory, strong and mighty. And over all the heavens and earth, you are God above, you are King of hearts, praise, honor in one name, Jesus our Lord, Jesus our King, hallowed be, hallowed be your name.
Luke 24. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him. So, Lord, today we pray that we will recognise you, not just in some small way, but as you are in heaven and on earth. Lord, we want to see you as we've never seen you before and know your love, your compassion and mercy and power in the lives of ourselves and in the lives of others, Lord. Lord, thank you that as there's been all kinds of things happening in Tokyo, people being dismayed, people being full of joy for the results. Lord, we know that's just like what's happening in the Neaton and around the world. People are dismayed about things. People are overjoyed about things. Lord, whatever their feelings are, whatever our feelings are, help us, Lord, to focus on you. Help us, Lord, to put you first. Lord, just as you gave up everything and came to earth to be the servant and to be the reconciler. So, Lord, help us to be that servant, too, in different situations that we meet this week. Help us, Lord, to be a blessing to people that we meet. Lord, even today, will you be a blessing to our queen and the other people that rule over us? Lord, will you give them your views on things, things that we feel strongly about and we know you feel strongly about. Help them too to hear your voice in their hearts, in their minds, so that your word and your way can be supreme in our land, Lord. Lord, we thank you for our families. Thank you for the joy that we have in seeing them close and holding them tight, or if they're older, just giving them a smile. Lord, we thank you that you're alive and that you love us. Come and do a new work in our lives today, we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing a, um, a song that we haven't sung in church before, um, but it's quite an old song, so I bet a load of you will know it anyway. Um, and I thought just thought it was appropriate for um, what John's going to be speaking about later. Um, I've actually no idea what he's going to say, but... <laughs> 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 when I was preparing, then um, then the words of this song kept coming. And, and as I was like, right, well, no, we're going to do it because it's a good song. And, and so I hope um, that you'll pick it up uh, quickly anyway. So it's called Your Grace is Enough. Um, and uh, yeah, join in when you can or as you want to. Uh, Margaret, hello and very good to see you. Can hello. You just put yourself on mute for us, please. That would be lovely. Uh, I can I can. Yeah. Oh, now we've lost your, your beautiful face as well. I don't know what to do now. It's just doing all funny things. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for, for doing that. Don't worry. Don't worry at all. Right. Let's, I, hope uh, I, can, I hope I can get it back anyway. <laughs> OK, let's see what. Can do 
thank you God that you rescued the world and when we see that we can say this is our God Amen <coughs> The reading this morning is taken from 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 to 18 Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Bathsheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am now better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have spoken, have forgot, forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out <clears throat> and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, 
return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Mehola, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazel shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel. All, <clears throat> all the knees that have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. That is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're continuing to look at Elijah on a Sunday morning. And today I want to answer two questions. What does Elijah do next in his life? And how does God respond to that? There's just been a showdown between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. It was between good and evil. It was dramatic. It was life changing. It was definitely a life or death situation. As well as all that had happened physically, there was a really large spiritual dimension, of course, too. And I think Elijah must have felt like he'd had 10 rounds with Henry Cooper because that he would have been such, so exhausted about what had just happened with the ginormous implications for Israel. James 5.17 says, we know this, Elijah was a man just like us. And throughout July, we've been considering that. We've seen Elijah as a prophet who was speaking to the terrible duo of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. He was bringing life to a needy family in Zarephath. And he was openly defying the false gods on Mount Carmel. He obviously had a great relationship with God and was a top class prayer warrior. Yeah, great. Elijah was a man just like us. You've probably thought that the bit of the ascent, bit at the end of the sentence, just like us, was a bit shabby. How could, it be, how could he be a man just like us? He was doing miracles. He was speaking in God's name for diff, in very difficult situations. You might think, that doesn't happen to me. God doesn't seem even to answer my mild prayers, let alone God can only do that type of prayer. People coming back to life, a never ending flow of oil, fire coming from heaven. These things never happen in my life. I'm not like Elijah. He's a mega saint. He's going to be on the front row of heaven when we get there. Because of my ineptness and frailty and rubbishness in my life, I'm going to be on the back row of heaven, perhaps you're thinking. Here's a quick thought about heaven, though. None of us deserve to go there. Romans 8, 23 in the Living Bible says, yes, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious ideal. 
Sin is a barrier to God. We know that. It makes all of us unfit to go to heaven. I remember in the 90s, that uh, the 1990s, that is, not the 1890s. In the 90s, I went to see this group called Petra, who's an American Christian rock group. And lots of people had long hair and everything like that. And even my long hair a few months ago wasn't long in comparison to most people's then. But I remember that the, the lead singer said something like this. People say that Jesus is a crutch in our lives. That's not true. We aren't good enough even to limp into heaven by ourselves. We were dead in our sins. We can't get into heaven by ourselves. We need Jesus totally. Jesus is not a crutch in our lives. Jesus is our stretcher. And of course, thousands of people went, yes, we agree, because that's what people do in concerts and things, don't they? But it's so true. Jesus is not our crutch. We're not just relying on Jesus because we find life hard sometimes. We rely on Jesus because we need Jesus in our lives. He, he is everything. He is a stretcher, not just for the life ahead, but the life now. Do you remember how the Amplified Bible translates James 5.17? Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, with the same physical, mental and spiritual limitations and shortcomings. Possibly you're in agreement this week with what we're hearing about Elijah. You're starting to think, yes, I agree. Elijah was a man like us. He was fearful. He was anxious. He was wondering what God was doing. He was uncertain. He showed fear. Do you remember how we've said a few times, life can give us more question marks than exclamation marks? Did I really do what God wanted me to do? Was God glorified my, by my actions? If so, how come I've got really big problems now? If I'm doing what God says. Elijah had done what God said, but now he was in the desert, both physically and metaphorically. Most people have three questions in their lives, I think. Who am I? Where do I fit? What difference do I make? And we all ask those same three questions at various times in our lives. Sometimes we ask those questions regularly. We all want to belong. We all want a purpose in our life. Elijah is asking those same questions and they're good questions to ask. He couldn't rely now on the miracles he'd done on God's name. He couldn't rely on the declarations he'd made in God's name. All he could rely on in his fear and anxiety was God himself. Sometimes the routines that we have are good for us and, and we're needing them, but sometimes it's only God that can bring us through our difficult situations that we're all facing. I think looking at the screen, many of us drive a car or used to drive a car. And I know when I was sort of having lessons years and years ago now, the thing that the instructor said in every lesson was about blind spots, because it's OK if you're traveling just forward all the time and you just stay in your lane and there's no one else on the road. But if you go to 
turn left or turn right or go round a roundabout or at traffic lights, you're going to have to change position. And maybe we've got to think about blind spots in our own life. Maybe you've got a blind spot of thinking life is OK with you in control of your own life. But if there's sudden danger and you need to swerve, what we need is God to be in control of our lives. Just like Elijah came to realise, I need God, not just in the big times, but in the quiet, sensitive times as well. Max Ricardo says this, faith is not the belief that God will do what you want. It is the belief that God will do what is right. And if we're honest, we all want an easy life. We don't want to walk through a dark valley. I've walked through several dark valleys in my life. I don't want to return there. We want an easy life. But whatever the lives that we lead, and I know some of you, I visit quite a few of you regularly, and you tell me very honestly how life is difficult. What we want in our difficult lives, our easy lives, is to say, Lord, I put you first. Elijah was a man, this is what the Passion Translation says, with human frailty, just like all of us. Elijah needed God's love. I need God's transforming and lavish love in my life. You too need God's love. I will keep 
Colin read about earlier is one of my favourite parts of scripture and the thing that I really get out of it each time I read it and it's quite regular that I read it is that God didn't toss Elijah to one side when he wasn't perfect. If you or I were God we would be very satisfied with what Elijah had done so far because he'd led an exemplary life. I think if the Olympics had been around in Israel at the time, he'd have taken away a clutch of gold medals because he was that good at following God. He'd be brilliant to the top of the tree. God didn't toss Elijah to one side when he showed fear, misunderstanding or anxiety. God was big enough to help him through his troubles. God won't toss you to one side when you're not perfect. At the moment, 
Jill and I are watching a program called Grey's Anatomy. And some of you might have heard of it. Maybe you watch it even sometimes. And we're in the ninth series. And uh, at the moment, there's this Christian called Alice. And she really beats up herself, herself up because she's regularly having sex with someone who isn't married. She isn't married to. Now, of course, she's a Christian. Of course, she's going to beat herself up about that. It's bad. It's not the thing to do. But how about all the other sins that we do? That we don't even beat ourselves up about anymore now because we're just used to it. We accept our sins. We don't know what's going to happen to that character because now it's on the 17th series and we're only on the 9th. So other things will happen to her. But I think the basic idea of Christianity is that we should make a decision to stop sinning, whatever that might be, and then to ask God to be your stretcher, to fall into his arms. Because like with Elijah, he's not going to toss us away. Far from it. God loves us unconditionally. But if you lie regularly or put people down regularly or get angry regularly or do other things that you know God hates, then we want to pray for you. You don't need to say what it is, but we need to do something about it in our lives because we want to honour God and not just put up with habitual sins. Sometimes we bring God difficult questions and Elijah had difficult questions that he brought to God. But Paul the Apostle also brings difficult questions to God. He'd been through terrifying incidents in his life because he was following Jesus. Torture, shipwreck, being thought of badly, lack of food. Physically and mentally, Paul had problems. He asked God about this. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we hear God's reply to Paul. Here it is in the Amplified Version. My grace, my favour and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and show themselves most effective in your weakness. God's very best answer for our most difficult question is my grace is sufficient for you. It's not an easy, superficial or glib answer. God definitely thought about it before he responded to Paul. God is still saying to us today that his grace is our protection, our warmth, our life. In our darkest or brightest days, God's grace is sufficient for us, just like it was for Elijah. In our 21st century lives, people want things that are immediate, big and noisy. But God is still saying to our generation, like to countless generations before, wait, listen, I am here. I am all you need. Be still and know that I am God. I often try to listen to the prayer for today at 5.43 every morning if I can on Radio 4. And on Friday, a person read out this Psalm 23 that had been translated by a Japanese Christian. Here it is. 
The Lord is my pace setter. I shall not rush. He makes me stop and rest for quiet intervals. He provides me with images of stillness, which restore my serenity. He leads me in ways of efficiency, through calmness of mind, and his guidance is peace. Even though I have a great many things to accomplish each day, I will not fret, for his presence is here. His timelessness, his all importance will keep me in balance. He prepares refreshment and renewal in the midst of my activity. By anointing my mind with his oils of tranquility, my cup of joyous energy overflows. Surely, harmony and effectiveness shall be the fruits of my hours, for I shall walk in the pace of my Lord and dwell in the house, his house forever. Elijah had to wait for God. Despite his fear and uncertainty, God came to him and showed him unconditional love. God got the stretcher out for Elijah. God is ready with his stretcher for you too. Sometimes I find that the hardest things we can surrender to God are our weaknesses. It's so ever, ever so easy to say to God, Lord, in my time of prayer now, I give it to you. Help me to pray what's good. Or in my readings for today, Lord, help me to listen to you. But in our weaknesses, we can still surrender to God because he's got his stretcher out to lead us, to help us, to love us forward and not just to leave us on our own, to toss us aside. God, what makes, God knows what makes us tick. He knows the things in our lives that we're used to and think are okay. Like we said before, sometimes the things we think are okay are the things that God doesn't like. Today's a good day to put aside everything and come to God both with your positive accomplishments, the things that make you good about you, feel good about yourself, but also to come God to God with your honesty and in your weakness and to listen for his whisper of compassion, to listen to his still small voice of joy towards you. Zephaniah 3.17 in the New Living Translation says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. In Elijah's disturbing situation, he found that God was all he needed. Whatever situation you face today, God has his arms open wide and he's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. So I'm going to pray and then Jill's going to lead us in a little more. Thank you for your grace, Lord, in our happy top of the mountain times. And when we feel in the darkest valley of sadness and anxiety and fear. Lord, we bring all our times to you, like Elijah faced his worst times with you. Lord, with you, we give you our lives, our physical, our mental, our spiritual, 
needs and aspirations, Lord, we give it to you and say, be glorified. We know your grace is sufficient. We trust you because you are faithful. Amen. Amen. Thank you. We're going to continue and we're going to sing um, May the Words of My Mouth. Um, yeah, we'll do that. And then I've got something to say, maybe. <laughs> we'll see.
pray that you will help us to follow you. Thank you that Elijah did follow you, even when he ran away. He actually did then follow you. Lord, help us to follow you always. Uh, we, we're going to finish in a couple of minutes with um, a hymn, Be Thou My Vision. Um, but before that, I just wanted to draw your attention to something that um, God pointed out to me during our service today. Um, and it was about, um, yeah, the word will, actually. Um, we've sung I will quite a few times this morning um, uh, in the, the um, one of the earlier songs. It said, I will um, fall. I will fall at your feet. Um, I will follow. We've, we've just sung um, in Bless the Lord. It was um, uh, I will sing your praise. Um, these are all things that uh, we do regularly as Christians, but I wanted to just um, point out that, that there's, a, there's a decision that has to be made to do that. It's not something that we just, you know, happens automatically. Um, so um, when we're in a challenging time, when we're on the mountaintop, you know, it, it's the same thing. We have to choose. We have to say, yes, I will. I will follow. I will fall at your feet. I will sing your praise. I will choose your way rather than mine. Um, yeah, I love it when I get a challenge and I can just share it all with you as well. Yay. Um, so let's uh, let's finish our, our time together uh, with uh, this hymn, which again has brilliant words and um, uh, will speak to our hearts i hope about god being the one who's in charge he's the one who we follow he's the one who who has it all in his hands his grace is sufficient let's uh, let's come together and, and sing along with the video
God, thank you that you are sovereign of heaven. You are the high king. You are the Lord of glory. And yet, God, you made it possible for us to come into your arms, to sit in your presence, to follow you and to let you lead us in every part of our lives. God, thank you that you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you that you are, you sent your son who is the stretcher for us. We can't do it by ourselves. You, only you could do it and you have done it. Lord, that is true, whatever we are facing today and tomorrow and this week or whenever into the future. Lord, show us again how we can follow you, how to choose to put the sin away, to leave that behind, choose to follow you in whatever you're asking us to do and know that you are carrying us when we need to be carried. Amen.